your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 280 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And what a win for the New York Rangers last night. Game goes into overtime against the Buffalo Sabres. The Rangers, of course, are on a four-game losing streak. And again, I know that one of those losses was in overtime, but a loss is a loss. For all intents and purposes, it was a four-game losing streak. Rangers in desperate, desperate need of a victory. I mean, my stomach was in knots watching this game, guys. I don't know about you, but this almost had a playoff-like feel to it for me just because the Rangers desperately, desperately needed to win this game. It's only a 56-game regular season. The season can get away from you really kind of quickly. And, of course, Alexi Lafreniere scoring the game-winning goal in overtime, picking up his first career goal, his first career NHL point. He's been close a couple of times in previous games. He was exceptionally close to getting his first NHL goal in the third period, but I suppose him not scoring sort of set the stage for an even more impressive and even bigger and even more clutch goal in the overtime period. I mean, believe me, I would have been happy with the Rangers winning this in regulation, but... Be that as it may, game goes into overtime, and Colin Blackwell, of all people, picks up the primary assist on Alexi Lafreniere's game winner. He made a great play. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But how many people, raise your hand if you had Colin Blackwell picking up the primary assist on Alexi Lafreniere's first NHL goal? I mean, I might have needed about 20 or 25 guesses to come up with Colin Blackwell, but you'll take it any way you can get it. And I mentioned how my stomach was in knots watching this game and seeing it go into the overtime period just made it even worse because... You know, once again, I, I really feel like this has been a theme for the Rangers this season. This, they're seven games into the season. I truly believe, even though they only have two wins at this point, they have outplayed their opponents in five of the seven games. The only exceptions to this trend so far this season are obviously the opening night debacle against the Islanders, and then I think also uh, the first of these two games against Buffalo. I thought Buffalo was the better team on the ice on that night and probably beat the Rangers worse than the 3-2 final would indicate. But once again, the Rangers go out there in Buffalo, and they pretty much take it to them. I mean, I saw a team that was just skating circles around its opponents for pretty much the entire evening. You know, you guys know the saying that the ice is tilted or the rink is tilted. The rink was straight up vertical in the Rangers' favor in the third period. I mean, they were absolutely just swarming the Sabre net. The Sabres got the equalizing goal about four minutes into the third period. And from that point on, it was pretty much just the Linus Allmark show. Uh, he absolutely stood on his head for Buffalo. But again, you know, you kind of have this feeling in the pit of your stomach like, is this going to be another one of those examples where the Rangers go out there, clearly outplay their opponent, but for one reason or another, just cannot pick up the victory. And then it goes into overtime, and it's even worse. You know, I'm watching this game with my wife, and, you know, she's a huge Ranger fan as well. But as the game is approaching overtime, there's about a minute or so left in regulation. And I'm saying, I don't even... They, this shouldn't. This game shouldn't even have to go into the overtime period, and the Rangers shouldn't even have to deal with the unpredictable nature of a three-on-three. -three. And I think the Rangers tend to fare pretty well with three-on-three -three overtime because there's so much empty space, and they have so many players who can uh, create scoring opportunities, especially with all the other extra real estate on the ice that the three-on-three -three provides. But be that as it may, I still didn't want to see them have to mess around with the unpredictable nature of three-on-three -three overtime. It's a total crapshoot. It can go either way. And 
I thought the Rangers had dominated 5v5, so I had no interest in this going to 3v3, uh, not to mention the fact that it also gives Buffalo another point. But you know what? Who cares about any of that right now? Uh, this is a great, great win for the Rangers, and I think as a Ranger fan, there's probably nobody that you would have rather seen score this goal than Alexi Lafreniere because this is his seventh game. He's been held off the score sheet entirely so far this season, and again, he's been really close. He got absolutely robbed. The Rangers were up 2-1, to one, and early in the third period, uh, Linus Olmark made basically a sliding save to his right, kicked out his right pad, and absolutely just robbed Lafreniere on the doorstep. Lafreniere had received a pass from Mika Zibanejad on that play, but that goal, or that shot that was not a goal, could have made the score 3-1 to one in favor of the Rangers, giving them a little bit of breathing room, and I get the feeling uh, we don't even see overtime if that puck goes in and the Rangers take a 3-1 to one lead with about 18 minutes or so to go. Uh, just based on the way the game was going, it's not like a two-goal lead is insurmountable, but just based on the game flow there. The Rangers completely dominated, played a very sound defensive game. Scoring chances for the Sabres were almost non-existent, and yet somehow this game still goes into overtime. But the Rangers hang in there, they persevere. And you know, this is a situation where you really hope that everything that the Rangers have gone through, all these tough losses where it seems like they were the better team on the ice, you really, really hope that this makes them that much stronger that much tougher, that much more resilient in the long run. Because I mentioned this as long ago as, you know, four games into the season where I said basically that this young Ranger team is being tested right now. The hockey gods are testing this young Ranger team and just kind of seeing what they're made of. And the Rangers are finding out what they're made of. And thank God they got this win last night because I don't even know what I would come on here and say. You could basically just copy and paste uh, some of the more recent episodes where I talk about how, you know, the Rangers seem to be controlling the play but just not getting the wins. But they do get the win tonight. And again, nobody that we would have rather seen get this goal than Alexi Lafreniere in the overtime period. But yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about this game winner here. We've talked long enough. We got to break down the game winning goal in overtime here. So we're about midway through the overtime period. The Rangers have got Keandre Miller on the ice. They've got Alexi Lafreniere on the ice. And they've got Colin Blackwell on the ice. And Blackwell made a couple of outstanding defensive plays. Uh, Jack Eichel had the puck for the Sabres. He gained the blue line. And Blackwell basically just took it away from him and then kind of flipped the puck back into the neutral zone, just kind of cleared the Rangers zone. Now, on one hand, you think that, well, three on three overtime, why are you giving away possession of the puck so easily if you're Colin Blackwell? But I think this was actually a smart decision here because once he stole the puck from Eichel, he was kind of trapped along the boards between a pair of Sabres. So better safe than sorry. At least get the puck out of the zone. Don't let them take it right back. Don't let Jack Eichel get the puck back on his stick if you can help it. And so Blackwell just flips the puck into the neutral zone. The Sabres try to bring it back in. And they get the puck back to Jack Eichel in the neutral zone. And Eichel, he basically tries to make a behind-the-back backhand pass. And Blackwell deflects the pass and then is able to pick up the loose puck in the neutral zone. He gains the blue line. And it's a two-on-one. Eichel is actually the lone saber back. And Blackwell hangs onto the puck just long enough to get Eichel to kind of commit to him a little bit. Eichel goes down on the ice and tries to lay his stick flat to try to block a potential pass to Alexi Lafreniere, but he can't do it. Blackwell gets the pass to Lafreniere, and Lafreniere stuffs it home. Rangers get the win in overtime. Just a fantastic win, a very relieving win, too, because, again, if we had to come on here and talk about another loss in another game where the Rangers once again outplayed their opponent's I don't even know what you say at that point. But thankfully, once again, that was not the case, and nobody better to put this puck home for the Rangers than Alexei Lafreniere. Lafreniere becomes the first New York Ranger to score his first NHL goal in overtime since Matt Zuccarello did it back in 2011. And this is where, if you're a Ranger fan, you hope that the dam just broke on that play. Maybe there's, uh, you know, the weight of the world just kind of falls off of Alexi Lafreniere's shoulders. He got his first goal out of the way. He's rolling now. I think this is one of the best games he's played for the Rangers. And once again, you know, I know he's been held off the score sheet 
throughout the first six games before last night. I don't think he's looked lost out there. I think his passing has been good. Uh, he certainly seems willing to compete, willing to you know fight for the puck in the dirty parts of the rink. But again, you know, he just hadn't found a way to crack the score sheet. And if you guys listened to yesterday's episode, I kind of threw out uh, some line combination possibilities and what I'd like to see the Rangers do for tonight's game and hopefully in the foreseeable future as far as who's playing with you. And one of the more, I guess, bolder things that I suggested was it was time to break up Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And both those guys played maybe their best games of the season in last night's game. I know neither one of them got on the score sheet, but I thought both of them looked better than they've looked in quite some time. And the reason that I wanted to break them up is that the Criders of Banajad Magic just has not been there so far this season. And for a while, they had the two of them on the top line along with Lafreniere. And that's asking a lot out of the rookie. I mean, I know he's this highly touted ultra prospect, can't miss generational talent, call him whatever you want to call him. But that's asking a lot. It's his job now to basically get two of the Ranger stars out of slumps. And the reason I wanted to go with the line combination that the Rangers ended up going with here, that being Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich, and Alexi Lafreniere, is now Lafreniere gets to play his natural position on the left wing, and he's also out there with Pavel Buchnevich, who's been on fire. Now, Mika's been slumping a little bit, but you hope the combination of those two players uh, can get Mika going a little bit, and you don't saddle Lafreniere with the responsibility of having, again, to get two slumping stars out of their slumps. But this was just awesome to see. I mean, once again, this felt like a playoff game to me in terms of how important this game was for the Rangers, and I pretty much celebrated it like it was a playoff win uh, when that goal from Lafreniere went in. Uh, You couldn't draw it up any better. I mean, again, I would have loved to have seen the Rangers uh, just crush the Sabres 6-1 in regulation, but the Sabres hung in there. Uh, They got an outstanding performance from Allmark, and lo and behold, here we are in overtime once again in a game that we've basically been dominating. But the Rangers hung in there. Like I said, they've been tested by the hockey gods early this season, and uh, last night they passed with flying colors. Great to see Alexi Lafreniere get his first goal. And if I'm David Quinn, I am not touching that top line going forward. You give me every single night going forward, especially if the Rangers are able to put together a winning streak here, give me Lafreniere, give me Mika Zibanejad, Give me Pavel Buchnevich, because I think the sky is the limit for that line. And once again, this is the best we've seen Mika Zibanejad look, I would say, all season, even though he didn't get on the score sheet last night. And I just think that this is a trio that could accomplish some great things going forward if they leave them together for long enough. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season has concluded, and there are some big-time playoff matchups right around the corner. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
I think we also got to give a lot of due to Colin Blackwell because this is somebody who was a healthy scratch for the Rangers up until these last three games. He signed with the team as a free agent in the offseason to really not much fanfare. I think a lot of us just figured he'd be expansion draft fodder for the Rangers, but he has played very well. He's been in the last three games. He's got a goal and two assists in that time. And man, he did an excellent job in overtime to set up this game winner for Alexi Lafreniere, forcing two turnovers in the span of about, I don't know, maybe like eight or ten seconds there. But he's been great, uh, a physical player, despite not really being the biggest guy on the ice. He's only five foot nine, 190 pounds, but he plays big, he plays tough, and it was great to see him get that opportunity in the overtime. And I'm going to be completely honest with you guys here, all right? When I saw... Colin Blackwell jump onto the ice in overtime. I said, what is Blackwell doing out there? And don't get me wrong. I like Colin Blackwell. I think he's definitely played well over these last three games. I just wasn't so sure that he was the best option for 3v3 overtime. You know, there's a lot of real estate out there, and you want to see guys that can take that open ice and use it to their advantage. Guys like Alexi Lafreniere and guys like Artemi Panarin and guys like Mika Zibanejad and even defensemen like Adam Fox and Tony D'Angelo. Guys who have a certain amount of speed and are able to, you know, create offense. And Blackwell, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is that guy. Maybe he's a better offensive player than we realize. He had only played 33 career NHL games coming into this season. 27 of those were last season with the Nashville Predators, but he did come on strong in his last chunk of games with the Predators, ended up with three goals and seven assists in that time. But something I feel like I should call some attention to here, if you take a look at Blackwell's most recent nine NHL games, so these three with the Rangers this year, and then also the final six with the Predators last year, nine games in that time, Blackwell's got two goals and six assists. So not bad at all for a 27-year-old who was taken number 194 overall all the way back in 2011 by the San Jose Sharks, never actually played a game with the Sharks, and clearly this is someone who had to persevere just to even make it to the NHL, made his NHL debut just two seasons ago in 2018-2019 with the Predators, skated in six games with the Preds that season, and then last year, like we said, 27 games with the Predators, and then that pretty much brings us to now. And David Quinn was asked about this after the game. You know, what made you want to go with Blackwell in the overtime period? And Quinn basically said that he just went with the eye test, and he felt like Blackwell deserved it, and he's right. I mean, Blackwell, again, I was a little bit confused when I saw him on the ice in the overtime. I just thought there were other guys that... Quinn might look to go to before Blackwell, and, and he did in some cases because it was midway through overtime when Blackwell got onto the ice. They had already played at least two minutes of overtime without Blackwell being out there, and you had all the usual suspects, you know, Fox, Panarin, Zibanejad, so on and so forth, but Blackwell got out there just midway through the overtime period, and I don't think a whole lot of us were expecting that, but clearly it worked out, and it's great that Quinn recognized that he's been playing well, felt like he deserved it, took a gamble, threw him out there, and hey, it paid off. And I think we as Ranger fans still kind of in this stage where we're still getting to know Colin Blackwell a little bit, but he has been a pleasant surprise for this team through the first three games that he's played. And who knows? You know, maybe he can be this year's Ryan Strom. Uh, that is a player who ends up being far more productive offensively than any of us could have imagined. And I should caution, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It is only three games. But man, you know, Colin Blackwell coming up huge for this team last night, causing a pair of turnovers in the overtime period, putting it right on a tee for Alexi Lafreniere, and uh, keying the Rangers' win, a game that they absolutely positively had to win last night. And it's funny, I was joking around on Twitter that I think David Quinn must listen to this podcast because I did the episode yesterday where I kind of put forth, once again, these uh, revamped lines that I'd like to see the Rangers roll with in the foreseeable future, and they pretty much did 
exactly what I suggested. The only thing they did differently, uh, at least to start the game, because as the game progressed, they were kind of shuffling the deck a little bit. There were some instances where they had Zabanajad and Artemi Panarin out there on the ice at the same time. Uh, they were with Kako for a little while. They were with Buchnevich for a little while. So they were kind of super stacking the top line on occasion last night. But to start the game, it was pretty much the exact same lines that I pitched on yesterday's show. The only difference was they put Colin Blackwell on the second line and they put Philip Giuseppe on the fourth line. I had the two of them flip-flopped, but they do seem like somewhat similar players cut from the same cloth. They'll both play physical. Uh, and again, we're still getting to know Colin Blackwell a little bit, but it's possible that he's the one with more offensive upside, uh, hence why he would be on the second line over Philip Giuseppe. And I've got no issue with that. Again, I think the fact that the Rangers won this game last night, as I suggested yesterday, go into the next game with the same lines. And for that matter, the same defense pairings as well. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're not done talking about this thrilling overtime win, guys. You know, I feel like we've just started to scratch the surface here, and we're about two-thirds of the way through the episode, but I'm going to do my best to give you the rest of the highlights here, and I got to point to another play that happened in the overtime period. This is a play that is pretty much destined to kind of get lost in the shuffle when you consider everything that happened in this game, all the great scoring opportunities that the Rangers had in regulation, uh, the excellent play of Linus Allmark, and of course, the game winner, Blackwell to Lafreniere. Lafreniere, of course, getting the first goal of his NHL career, what we all hope will be the first of very, very many goals that he will score with the New York Rangers. But something that, again, definitely got lost in the shuffle in the overtime period is a defensive play that Mika Zibanejad made. So we're not too deep into the overtime period at this point, maybe about a minute, minute 30, somewhere in there. But the Sabres had kind of a slow-developing two-on-one break. You know, they're, they're moving in very gradually, very slow, being very deliberate with what they want to do. But Mika's the one guy back for the Rangers. And he went down to the ice and broke up the cross-ice pass attempt. And if they complete that pass, who knows what happens. So that was a big, big play by Mika's advantage at there. And even though Mika did not find his way onto the score sheet last night, I think this is the best he looked all season. Just looked more engaged, had a couple of really high-quality scoring chances from the slot on the power play. Although, in both of those instances, Buffalo did a really nice job 
preventing Mika from getting the shot away. They would basically just converge on him and uh, get a piece of his stick at the last possible second. But again, this to me was the best version of Mika Zibanejad that we've gotten all season. You hope it's just the start of what's to come. And once again, I'll continue to campaign for this. I think you got to keep that top line together. I think they looked really good last night, really dangerous. You hope that Alexi Lafreniere now, again, the dam breaks, he, the goals just start coming in flurries, and Pavel Buchnevich, if he can keep playing the way he's playing, it's only a matter of time before Mika Zibanejad gets going. And we saw Mika took a couple steps toward being uh, the best version of Mika Zibanejad that we all know and love. We saw that last night. Rangers were outstanding defensively in this game as well. And that's something that, again, it's another kind of early season storyline that's been overlooked a little bit, lost a little bit in the shuffle, just because the Rangers have struggled so much to score goals and because, you know, frankly, they just haven't been winning games. And you hope that last night turns everything around. But the Rangers look to be a very much improved defensive team. And that was on full display last night. Last night was, in fact, the sixth consecutive game where the Rangers held their opponent to 28 shots on goal or fewer. And prior to this stretch, the last time the Rangers did that, once again, held their opponents to 28 shots on goal or fewer for six straight games was a nine-game stretch from March 17th, 2012 to April 1st of 2012. So it's been a long time, and obviously that's great to see. Rangers seem to be a much improved defensive team. I know that's just one stat, but even the eye test. You guys saw last night, Buffalo had basically no scoring opportunities to speak of during that game. I mean, they converted a couple chances. They did score once on the power play. Buffalo's power play looks very good this season, but for the most part, the Rangers shut them down, and the ice was absolutely tilted in the Rangers' favor. Again, it just drove me crazy that that game even went into overtime, but at least the Rangers got the win and stuck with their game plan and just found a way to persevere, found a way to get it done. Rangers also were vastly improved in the face-off circle last night. They won 47% of their face-offs. I know that doesn't really sound that great, but when you're coming off of a game against this exact same Buffalo Sabres team where you only won 30% of your face-offs, I think certainly that's a step in the right direction, almost getting the 50-50 split. And so, uh, nice job there by the Rangers. Uh, just looking like they were fighting for the puck a little bit more on the face-off. The guys went up there wanting to win face-offs. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times on this podcast, I really think Face-off wins, very underappreciated stat, and I think it's something that really comes into play during the postseason, and we'll see if the playoffs are in the Ranger future. Obviously, uh, they got some work to do. They're in a tough division, but again, nice win last night, and you just hope that the wins continue to follow after you pick up a dramatic victory in overtime and see your number one overall pick uh, get the game-winning goal there. Hopefully, you can just build on that going forward. The Rangers did end up allowing the Sabres to get four power play opportunities, which is a little bit more than you would want, but the good news is that the penalty kill was absolutely fantastic for the Rangers. Now, the Sabres did score a power play goal. They went one for four on the man advantage, but I thought the other three power plays that the Sabres got, the Ranger penalty kill was absolutely fantastic. And some of these guys that are kind of new to the penalty kill unit this year look pretty good to me. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich made a couple of nice plays on the PK. Uh, Kreider looks pretty good out there. Ryan Strom looks good out there. And this is something that we talked about as well, but Keandre Miller, obviously, he continues to play very well. He got a little bit of time on the penalty kill last night, just 55 seconds, and in fact, the Rangers had four defensemen that logged more penalty kill time than Ke'Andre Miller did, everybody except for Tony D'Angelo, but it's still cool to see Ke'Andre Miller get out there and kind of earn the trust of this coaching staff and just see his role continue to grow and grow as he continues to show that he knows what he's doing at the NHL level. He also, uh, a little bit of a cameo on the power play unit as well, got 36 seconds on the man advantage for the Rangers. Rangers also outshot the Sabres 39-25 to on the night, and I thought this was a really nice performance and a much-needed, strong performance from Igor Shesterkin. Obviously, he's been in something of a timeshare with Alex Georgiev. They've kind of gone back and forth. 
I don't think we've seen the best that either of these goalies has to offer yet. They've both been very good at times, and I thought Igor Shesterkin was very good in this game last night. He made a couple of saves in the first period that I thought were really nice. Uh, very early, just a couple minutes into the game when it was still scoreless. The Sabres got a chance from in deep, and uh, Igor with a point-blank blocker save. That was outstanding to keep the Sabres off the board there, keep the game scoreless. Uh, it wasn't, you know, again, 23 saves on 25 shots. It wasn't one of those stand-on-your-head, oh my God, this guy is unreal kind of performances from Igor Shesterkin last night, but he was there when the Rangers needed him. Uh, he made a nice blocker save in overtime that kept the game going. And, you know, again, he, he earned the win, and you just hope that going forward uh, this helps him relax a little bit because we heard from David Quinn that Igor was pretty frustrated after that last game against the Pittsburgh Penguins when he let in kind of a soft goal near the end of the regulation there and allowed the Penguins to take the 3-2 lead and ultimately win the game 3-2. So uh, a much-needed, strong performance from Igor Shesterkin. They've both, both goalies have looked good at times this season. I don't think we've seen the best that either guy has to offer. But again, you hope that a win like this and you hope that a performance like this from Igor Shesterkin uh, really kind of gets him going in the right direction and hopefully he can pick up right where he left off. I would think he'll probably be back out there considering uh, how well the Rangers played last night and the fact that he had a strong game himself. I do think they'll go back to Igor Shesterkin for Saturday night's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was also just awesome to see sort of the return of the Panarin-Strom connection in this game. They linked up for a couple of goals, each assisting the other on a goal. And the first one, we might as well just take you through both goals here, just relive the fun here. Uh, so Mika Zibanejad, actually, he's not going to get an assist, but really he should because the puck is loose in the neutral zone. Zibanejad is on the ice. He's about to go off for a line change. But as he's on the ice, he basically just kind of pokes the puck back to Pavel Buchnevich. So that allowed the Rangers to maintain possession. Pavel Buchnevich gains the blue line. He dishes in deep to Artemi Panarin. Panarin's about, you know, right on the goal line there, and he dishes across the crease to Ryan Strom on the other side, and Strom buries it, puts his shot just inside the near post. So, again, just great to see the two of them link up. We saw them score so many goals like that last season, and uh, this is really the first time this year that we've seen Panarin and Strom connect for a goal that looked like that. And then the second goal, I'm realizing now that they actually called it an unassisted goal for Artemi Panarin. I mean, I think you could maybe give Ryan Strom the assist here, but uh, either way, uh, they both kind of teamed up to make this happen. Uh, Panarin gains the zone up the left wing, gets the puck to Ryan Strom, and Strom kind of chips it ahead. It goes toward the net. It's kind of a follow the bouncing puck kind of a goal. It eventually bounces over to the right of Allmark, and Panarin is there, and he just buries it. Johnny on the spot, Artemi Panarin there, putting the goal home. Again, Strom didn't get the assist officially, but he was in there making things happen. And, uh, you know, again, just nice to see the two of them uh, sort of link up for a second goal here uh, to make the score 2-1 to one late in the second period. One other thing that I wanted to talk about here today before we wrap it up is something that happened in the first period. And this is something that so easily can get lost in the shuffle in a game like this because obviously that was a very tense third period. The game was tied for most of the third period. The Rangers had the better play. They had some opportunities on the power play. They just could not get one past Olmark, at least not until the overtime there uh, where Lafreniere obviously scored the game-winning goal. But early in this game, we're talking like maybe about three or four minutes into the game. There was an instance where Brian Lemieux took a really stupid penalty. He was going over to the bench, and he just couldn't help himself. He had to deliver a cross-check to Jeff Skinner, and the refs caught him, and they sent him to the box for two minutes, and it's just, again, a foolish, undisciplined, frankly stupid penalty that Brian Lemieux took there, and I'm a big Brian Lemieux fan. I love what he brings to the table. I love the fire. I love the intensity. He's a guy that can set a tone for the Rangers. I, I love him as being part of the fourth line for as many years going forward as the Rangers want to keep him there. But again, a foolish penalty, and Sam and Joe were talking about this during the MSG presentation, and 
they mentioned that, you know, this is where Brandon Lemieux, this is where he gets himself in trouble. This is how he ended up being a healthy scratch for taking a foolish penalty against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they speculated that Brandon Lemieux, you know, is David Quinn going to bench him now? Or is he going to see the ice again? Is he going to be off the ice for the rest of the first period? How is Quinn going to handle this? But as they suggested this, or, or at least floated the possibility that this could happen, in my head I was thinking, Quinn can't do that. Not tonight. Not with the Rangers already coming into this game on a four-game losing streak. They need some positive vibes. They need to feel good. Yes, it was a foolish penalty, but Brandon Lemieux can go out there and he can help you win. It's not the time of the season. The Rangers aren't in a place right now where I think if you're David Quinn, you want to be, you know, pounding your fist on the table and being the strict disciplinarian, even though we know that he is definitely a disciplinarian type. And I think that's why he works so well with a young team like this. Benching Brandon Lemieux, or benching anyone for that matter, for a mistake early in this game was not the way to go. The Rangers, again, they needed some positive vibes. They needed to feel good. If if everybody on the team realizes, oh, Brandon Lemieux is benched and he's not going to be going back out there, I mean, that's not good for this team's morale right now. They had lost four straight coming into this game, three in which they probably deserve to win. And so I just think it made all the sense in the world. This was a great non-move by David Quinn, not pulling Brian Lemieux off the ice for any amount of time, allowing him to go back out there. Look, you can say something to him later. If you're if you're Quinn or one of the other coaches or even a teammate, you know, maybe one of the Ranger teammates, maybe one of these four guys that are wearing the A this season, hopefully they feel comfortable enough and they're, they're they feel good enough in their leadership role that they can go over to Brandon Lemieux after this, you know, during the intermission, after the game, whatever it might be, and say, hey, man, you know, come on, you can't be doing that. You know, we love what you bring to the table. You're our teammate, but you can't put us in that situation early in the game. We're trying to get out of a four-game losing streak here. We can't be going to the box for taking undisciplined penalties. So that's fine, but I love the fact that David Quinn gave him another chance, and I think Lemieux played fine in this game. I mean, he did what he usually does. He actually only ended up with seven minutes and 37 seconds of ice time, which is the fewest for any Ranger on the team. But really, I mean, that's just been par for the course for Lemieux this season. And we could debate whether he deserves more ice time than he's getting uh, at some point in the future here. But the bottom line right here, the thing to do if you're David Quinn is not to bench Brian Lemieux. And you guys know, anyone who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you guys know that one of the things that will uh, get under my skin more than anything are undisciplined, foolish penalties, especially if they happen in the neutral zone or especially the attacking zone. And that penalty that Brandon Lemieux took last night fit the bill. It happened in the neutral zone. He cross-checks somebody as he's going to the bench. He can't be doing that. But again, not the time if you're David Quinn to be sending the message and, and pulling one of your guys off the ice. When you're in the middle of a four-game losing streak, you know, these players need to know that their coaches have their back in a time like this. And so I think it was a great job by David Quinn, despite Brandon Lemieux making a mistake here, leaving him on the ice, letting him continue to play his role on the fourth line. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Rangers have a couple of games against the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up. They will be hosting the Penguins at Madison Square Garden on Saturday and on Monday. In theory, this is a good time to be playing the Penguins because they seem to be reeling a little bit right now. You know, their general manager quit completely unexpectedly, and they are coming off of two consecutive losses to the Boston Bruins and four road games this season. The Penguins are 0-3-1, and I think the Rangers, again, both those games in Pittsburgh, I felt like the Rangers had the better at play, so the Rangers owe them some payback, and it just seems to be like a good time to be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. You can't say that for sure. You never know what you're going to get from a certain team on any given night, but I like the Rangers to roll on Saturday night. Just the fact that they won this game in such dramatic fashion, the way they played, skating hard all night, Alexi Lafreniere off the schneid with his first goal there, and I just think the Rangers got to take it to him. Give me a 5-1 to one Ranger win on Saturday night, and uh, I won't worry about predicting 
a final for Monday night. We can see what happens on Saturday. And then Monday's episode, I can come on here and give a prediction for that game as well. But uh, yeah, once again, that's going to do it, guys. Thanks as always for tuning in. Really does mean a lot. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.